Ah, another beautiful day here on Drop the Subject with Allie and Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner, who when he is not here on the airwaves with me, he is saving lives, many lives. He is a first responder. Um, I have a question for you right out the gate that is not medical related, Dr. James. I've been already perusing the internet for holiday shopping. It seems oh. a, a tad early, but I think Prime Day got me in the mood because Prime Day is usually something that happens in July. Mm. It's supposed to be sort of like a sub out for a Black Friday. They're like, hmm, we haven't had Black Friday in a while. Let's make Prime Day a thing. Right. And you're like, everyone's just like, okay, thing. just give me a reason to buy AirPods for $20 off and I'll do it. So, of course, we're looking around and then also Katie, my wife's family, is planning you know, when their Thanksgiving and Christmas celebrations are going to be, when we're coming up there and if we're coming up there and all that good stuff, right? So we started talking about gifts and we never know what to get for my parents or her parents. Katie's aunt suggests that we get an Alexa for Katie's dad. And I thought to Mm. myself, is by like her dad is probably knows less about technology than any person I've met ever. Uh, he, he, you know those commercials that are like, uh, you know, w- when you become your parents and the, the, they're teaching the old people technology. Like it's like uh-huh. that. It's yeah. It's like someone saying, "I don't have a mute button. I don't right. know." You know the the d- doesn't even know how to save numbers in the iPhone. Oh that's, my gosh, that's where we're at. Whoa, like, knows how to turn it on. Which is a start. Doesn't know how to turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's the same thing, basically. He was wondering why one day that he wasn't getting his phone calls, and it's because his phone was on silent, and he didn't know how to undo silent. Oh, Bubba. So that, yeah. And he's just an old-fashioned guy, and he really has no interest in learning this stuff. Uh But whenever we visit, we end up being the IT team who has to fix a lit laundry list of problems that have piled up while we were away. <laughs> right, right. To of course. get this man an Alexa would be a full-time job for us. That is such an incredible investment in time, energy to explain this robotic device, this talking assistant that will now be living in your home. And I thought to myself, is this, do you think this is the equivalent of giving parents really loud Christmas gifts for their kids <laughs> like super annoying gifts <laughs> yes <laughs> that you're like I can't believe you got my child you know like when you're the cool uncle or aunt and you give right, someone it's like a, a drum, drum set yeah, yeah exactly uh, so this okay. is the equivalent for old people or or there's a there's a motivation behind this the motivation could be alright and this is you said Katie's dad? Yes, my wife's dad. Yes. Doesn't know technology at all. But Katie's mom really wants him to start using it. So if you guys set up an Alexa and connect it to everything, connect it to Amazon, connect it to his phone, connect it to his email, connect it to everything, then it's super simple. He can just say, hey, Alexa, order some more milk and eggs. He and then because you guys set it up flawlessly, two hours later, the milk and eggs show up. Or, hey, Alexa, email my daughter-in-law, Allie. And then Alexa says, what would you like to say? And then he sends you a really, really sweet email. And then he hasn't had to fool with technology, but he's more connected to you guys. See, maybe it's a good thing. All right. Maybe in theory, 
that like in in your in your brain and you're happy go lucky <laughs> there are no problems with that brain oh it no sounds like a great idea i think this is gonna uh, be a nightmare for you but i thought about <laughs> i thought about this with the with the printer they got a printer uh-huh. and they set up the printer because at first it was like we can't print anything i don't know what's going on i guess we'll just quit our jobs it was like no let's get you a printer and we set up the printer ruining my then, life then the cable guy came and reset the wire, the Wi-Fi password, and the printer stopped working for six months. Oh, <laughs> it's just of course, like, of course. So as soon as we run into one roadblock, it's not let's fix the roadblock. It's let's run 180 degrees in the other direction the other di- and pretend this technology never existed. <laughs> and leave the roadblock for Allie, Katie to fix exactly. the next time. It re- does remind me of the latter list. I have a similar list, though it is much more not technologically not technological. There we go. Mm -hmm. When I go home to one set of my parents, they have a ladder list. Everything in their house that requires a ladder gets (laughs) saved up for every six months. Every battery in the fire uh, alarms, every, every, everything, every dusting of the window to all of that. Every six months, me and Chris and the ladder. Oh my goodness. A ladder list. I didn't think of that. I I hope they are not listening so that they will not have that as an idea. All right. When we come back, more drop the subject. It's news from the right. What is going on in the far, far, far right wing of the universe? We'll get to it next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Dr. James. You know, I think it's no secret that the politics on this station and on this show in particular lean a little bit into the left direction. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. James? A little. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, maybe we're we're moderate left. No, no, we're pretty left. Yeah, we're pretty lefty. Proud of it. Yeah. And... Every once in a while, it's important because this station, Channel Q, says that they give everyone a voice, we check in with some voices on the far right, which is why every once in a while we do news from the right, where we say, okay, way off into the distance, we're on the left here, we look all the way across, way to the far depths of the right, what are they doing? Yeah, is anybody out there? Oh, yes, you are out there, and you're very loud. So let's hear from... Uh, This is actually from rightwingwatch.org. This is an article about uh, a televangelist by the name of Pat Robertson. And he he reported on the 700 Club, uh, which is a show of his, um, that that God told him a few things about the election. Um, Mainly that it's going to cause the end of days. And there are a few things that he says are reasons for this. Um, he believes that Donald Trump will win re-election. I'm confused by what he really believes here because I don't know if he's for Trump or anti-Trump. Uh, but he's basically oh, saying God told, told him that Trump, Trump. Okay, that Trump would be re-elected, and as a result, the, wo- the world will fall into a complete disarray. Uh, what there was like a list of several things that he said would happen, and then we'll kind of talk yeah. about. Uh, then we'll 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 let him have his say. But what does he say in a nutshell, Doctor James? And there, well, it's because it's it's not Donald Trump is elected, and then bam, it's just the end of times. It's Donald Trump is elected, and then there's this laundry list of 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 dominoes falling that will happen. So without question, Trump will win the election, but that will result in in widespread civil unrest which will then result in at least two assassination attempts on the president. And while America is engulfed in chaos, Islamic nations, oh yes, the right's favorite foe, 
Islam. Muslim nations will use this as an opportunity to attack Israel, but then they will be wiped out by God, meaning all Muslims will be wiped out by God, which will then lead to a remarkable time of peace. Oh, no. Okay. I didn't finish that. Because I was wondering, I was like, where's the hellfire and the weird cockamamie, like, you know, people swooping in and just slaughtering? Like, where's that? Because it seemed like, okay, this is going to cause some civil unrest. I'm like, yes, that's true. Uh, And then people are going to prey on us when we're weak. Other countries, yes. Okay, that could definitely happen. Uh, When he's like, angels will swoop in and kill off Islam. I'm like, okay, now we've reached psychotic (laughs) territory. I was waiting for that shoe to drop. Oh, there's another shoe. Both shoes are dropping because after we have this remarkable piece because God has gotten rid of all Muslims, the world will experience the actual great tribulation when an asteroid strikes the earth and kills us all. Oh, asteroid. Oh, good old (laughs) asteroid. asteroid. (laughs) Uh, This is a little bit of (laughs) Bat Robertson, uh, his prophecy and what Jesus told him. Take a listen. The country will be torn apart. But he's talking about Trump derangement syndrome. It's going to be horrible because already without anything happening, we've got trouble in the streets but there will be at least two attempts on the president's life. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult. And, and you know what? Jesus told this to all of him, which I find so interesting that Jesus was mm-hmm. like, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you and only you. Uh, civil hey, disobedience. I got yeah. something to tell you. All right. <laughs> this is long. It's very long-winded. But I'm going to explain this chain reaction and then stay with me at the end for the asteroid. <laughs> A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, if this Jesus. is all God's plan, it is a very overcomplicated plan. I mean, right. And you would think, like, God's into doing things simply. I mean, we created the earth in six days. Like, that. we think we this plan might not be quite so, you know, chaotic and dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess Pat Robertson has been talking to God for a long time, though. A long time. And... I just often wonder when these things don't happen that Pat Robertson says are going to happen. What do Pat Robertson's followers think? Oh, you move on. You move on. Now God's telling me something else. Okay. So let's just forget about the past. It's like, you know, when sports announcers say this is definitely going to happen and then the game completely goes the opposite way and they, and then they just move on and act like it's a brand new day and a brand new game. They never say a word about the past. They never. When we get back, let's go back over to the left. It's the game. After this drop the subject the new channel q drop the subject with ali and dr james i had a question for you dr james because you have a pager on you right now <laughs> a pager and, and a have, phone and a phone pager you got like all three yes you have a pager you have all of it all the ways that people can communicate with you which they need you they need to talk to you about all kinds of things but do you still do old timey pager code because i had pager i had a pager for two weeks when i was in seventh grade <laughs> And all I did was text things like boobs and one, four, three, and then I lost it. So is Uh that still going on in the pager world? What's it like? (laughs) That is very, very funny. Did you tell people to hit you on the hip too? That was what we always used to say. You never said that hit me on the hip because you wore your pager on your hip. 
Ah, uh, hit me on the hip. Hit me on the hip. Oh, my God. We had pagers for forever. I remember having the longest conversation with my mom about the fact that I was not a drug dealer because I needed a pager. Like, she was, like, <gasps> legit concerned about it. Yeah, it was- I think that pagers really are only still in existence because of nurses and drug dealers. Right. Is there anyone else? <laughs> I wonder if drug dealers actually still use pagers. Now, so, we, so, one of my hospitals has a very, very, very robust paging system, and it's really nice. And it, actually, if you're at a computer, you can type in a page to someone, and it sends it to them. So, we don't use like abbreviations anymore really you you get this long page that's like hey dr simmons i need you to see patient and is it like slowly scrolling across the pager you get to control it yourself it's a vertical one so you can see Ah. you can scroll up and down really fast it's actually kind of nice because then you just get the whole message the other paging system is just like a page to my phone as a text and it's just like please call this number And you don't, you kind of don't really know what it's about and like who's paging you and like whatever. So you just, it's like a shot in the dark. Cause sometimes when you get a page, they're like just an FYI. And it's really lovely because then you're like, great, I know that this test result came back. I can address it in an hour because that's appropriate. But the other system is just like, call this number now. And you always sort of get this like, oh my God, it's an emergency, right? And you're usually calling and you're like, um, you know, the nurse is like, the patient didn't want to take the Tylenol. Oh my! Which God. they have Who to tell me. Who does want to take Tylenol? Right. I guess right. when you get older, I want to take it all the time. But <laughs> you're like, give me all the Tylenol. Does it get annoying? Do you, I guess you must get used to wearing a pager at all times. I mean, I it would freak me out. It would make me feel so nervous. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I remember when my wife was on call. Mm-hmm. She would be able to go to sleep and then she'd wake up and have to go see somebody because they were having a crisis. And that kind of thing just gives me consistent anxiety. I would feel like I could never have a drink or smoke a dube. What what <laughs> do you feel like you can't relax? Well, you definitely luckily I am one of those people who I have very set days that I'm on call like that. So definitely those days, obviously, there's no edibles or drinking on those days for sure i'm also a person who sleeps really well right this is well documented here and drop the subject and so i just turn the ringer on my phone or the pager super loud and i sleep with both of them next to my head so if i'm ever like dozing off or whatever like if i'm on call overnight if i'm dozing i they go off and they wake me up and i answer the pages and do whatever i need to do and then i fall right back asleep so your husband doesn't get angry with you that you that the pages wake him up we have a three-page rule. So sometimes when I'm on call at home, I don't have to go in. They're just like letting me know something or I need to give orders over the phone, but I don't actually have to go into the hospital. But if I've gotten three pages that don't require me to leave the house, I have to go sleep in the guest bedroom. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> get out. Go. Because at, at that point, you just know they're just paging and paging and paging and paging and whatever. So then I have to go sleep in the other room. I'm sure partners of people who have ever been on call for extended periods of time totally get this. But he's a very light sleeper. And so I'm like... Like, whatever, I got paged. Yep, that's okay that she didn't want to take the Tylenol. Let me know if you need anything else. Thanks. Hang up. And then I just go right back to bed. <laughs> and it, whereas Chris is like, uh, now I'm wide awake. Uh. Oh, my God. That would make me nuts. So I sort of have something <laughs> similar where I have sort of a, a three snooze rule because my mm. alarm goes off very early in the morning. It goes off at the first one goes off at 345. And that one, I think, wakes her up, but it's like kind of pleasant. And then it starts getting louder. (laughs) And so I can't, if it's like 4.15 and I still haven't, if I've done three snoozes, 
I get the stink eye, like, get the F out of bed. I'm not <laughs> listening to another snooze. I can't, right. I cannot do it. Uh, that is really funny. We are similar than that. Too. I can snooze. Similar, but completely different. Because I'm completely not saving anyone's life. Nothing. Well, I can snooze for hours. Just and wake up, 10 minutes, snooze. 10 every, minutes, yep. snooze. I can sleep in I nine love minute a increments. Yeah, for hours. Chris, first alarm. Bing, he's up. So same thing. Like if my snooze keeps going, he's like, I am going to stab you if you don't get out of bed. Well, you know, I think that the person who invented the snooze button invented them for people like you and I who appreciate it. You know, I think that the snooze button gets a lot of negative feedback of just you shouldn't be snoozing. You should just get up. Yeah. Well, you know what? Someone invented the sneeze, the snooze button. For a reason. They invented it for people like us who don't like getting up and we want to feel like we're in control. It's the equivalent of your mom. You saying five more minutes, mom. That's what you're getting from the robot lady. So that's, that's exactly just what it appreciate is. it and don't take it for granted. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject after this. Dr. John joins us next. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I am Dr. James. That's Allie Johnson. And as we are joined every week with Dr. John Paul, who is an activist, an educator, a brilliant, brilliant mind, TED Talks and article quotes and all kinds of wonderful (laughs) things. And we are so lucky to have Dr. John every week for our weekly wake-up call. And this week, Dr. John, oh boy, this one was very, very triggering for me. And I Mm -hmm. had to sort of stop and figure out why. It was as someone who sort of prides himself on being able to use my words, at least generally well, it was difficult for me to articulate this concept. So let me bring bring the listeners and everybody in. Senator Perdue, who has worked with Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. Senator Kamala Harris, for four years now, uh, last Friday, very intentionally mispronounced her name several times at a rally. Donald Trump also did it this past Monday intentionally. You know, mm-hmm. that Kamala, Kamala, Kama, whatever, how do you say it? That Kamala Harris, it's Kamala, is what mm-hmm. Donald Trump said. Senator Perdue said something similar. This made my skin crawl, made me very, very angry. And I'm not someone who has a name that's difficult to pronounce. James Simmons is not difficult to pronounce. However, as a black man, I knew what this meant and it made me angry. And I thought this is a perfect thing to ask Dr. John, why in the hell did this make me so angry? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think what you, what made you angry about it? And we've talked about this before on the show. And I think that what folks sometimes miss is that microaggressions can take up and they can take different forms in so many different ways. And so what you were experiencing, what you were feeling um, is something that is well known to be a microaggression. And so I wanted, there were two specific points that I wanted to make around this, specifically thinking about how in 2016, there was a very similar story to this. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a story that went viral over a young woman named Tora Shea. She follows me on social media. So shout out to her, but ultimately, Ultimately, she had tweeted out in 2016 that she had taken on a new job. And ultimately, at her new job, on her plaque, her name said Tora. It said Latour. That's her name. And some a white gentleman across from her was like, what the hell? You know, basically, what does your name mean? Why, how do you even say that? And so when she was trying to explain how to say her name, he basically said, all Black girls' names sound the same anyway and kind of like dismissed mm. her name. I want to be specific because he said it's all ghetto Black girls' name, right? So this oh. notion that the way... Wow. That 
that her name was spelled in the way of how she how she said it. And she goes on, you know, to be very petty. And she called him a whole bunch of different names before he gets frustrated um, and was like, why are you calling me different names? And she was like, I have a hard time saying white men's names. Y'all, you all have the same names and it's kind of hard to differentiate. Right. Mm -hmm. Playing with this whole notion of how black people's names are, quote unquote, hard to pronounce. The larger conversation, specifically coming out of a book in, in, in 2010 written by uh, psychologist Gerald Wing Su, um, they argued that basically microaggressions, when we start talking about names, right, it's they're not only equally disruptive, but it's just a different way of discriminating against a person. You're ultimately saying your name doesn't need to be pronounced the right way because you don't matter to me. Like you being a black woman or the way your name is pronounced, it doesn't matter. And I think that that's ultimately, it's just a overt way of basically being racist without really having to kind of own the fact that you're being racist and dismissive of how someone pronounces their actual name. Well, and they're doing this intentionally and doing it unintentionally um, Mm -hmm. and both have different problems that get attached to that. Right. So there's somebody who unintentionally mispronounces a name, but then also doesn't take the time to pronounce it properly or learn it properly. And there's that's own thing over there. What the president is doing is also very calculated and saying things like the China virus or mispronouncing Mm -hmm. uh, Kamala's name, things like that. Kung flu. Yes, the Kung flu, things like that. He he changes names on purpose to make digs and basically to do a little side high five (laughs) to all the racists out there to be like, I got you. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's just, it's a, it really is, it's, it's just an insult. And I think it's, it's ultimately, it's to not only prevent internalized racism, but it teaches, you know, this idea um, that someone's name is not worth being pronounced right. the right way. The person's not needed to be mm. seen in their full actuality of their name. Mm. Very, very interesting. Ethno-nationality, ethno-nationalism, I think is a concept mm-hmm. that I heard come up uh, when we talk about this as well. We have more with Dr. John Paul. We will say your name correctly after this. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. It is your weekly wake-up call where we continue our discussion about race and racism and equity and all of these things that certainly got a lot of attention this summer, much needed attention, but we need them to not fade away. We need to continue to have these conversations even when they're difficult. And what we started talking about in the last break was uh, Senator Perdue and Donald Trump and several others, by the way, who very intentionally mispronounce Kamala Harris's name. Kamala is an Indian and black woman a vice presidential candidate, and a senator from the state of California. I think what's so striking, too, is that Senator Perdue has worked with Kamala Harris for four years. He knows exactly how to pronounce her name, and yet he's intentionally mispronouncing her name. So what comes up is not only microaggressions, but then also that this felt feels to me like a macroaggression. Like, mm-hmm. I am... Yeah, very that intentionally. definitely goes into the macro region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it does. Very intentionally being <laughs> yes. like ethno-nationalist about this, right? Like your name is not important. The way to say your name is not important. And therefore you are not important. And what is that, this onus around this, like this 
it, it feels so simple. It's a name, but yet it's still so important, Dr. John. Think about this idea about the ownership of a name, right? When you tell someone to pronounce your name the right way, you're basically saying, I want you to see me as a full person. I want you to see me and I want you to recognize who I am, the connection of my name, the, you know, the history of my name, all these different parts, right? When we start talking about it. And I think about, you know, I think it's Uzo Adoba uh, who talked about it um, when she was talking about how individuals going up through her name kept asking her, do you have a nickname or do you have something easier to say? And she was saying, if you can pronounce all of these French names, right, you can pronounce all of these names of these very quote unquote ethnic names from France or from Poland or from Switzerland, you can pronounce my name as an African woman. And I think that that's really what this conversation is about. It's this idea of it's really just honestly lazy for a person to say, oh, I can't say your name or I don't want to say your name right. No, you're ultimately you're, you're pushing this idea that you don't see me as a full person. You don't respect me enough to get my name right. And I think that's ultimately what's so frustrating. And, and then you really want to talk about it, right? The massage noir that's connected to it, that she is a Black woman, um, mm-hmm. that she is a Black woman that is going for a high position. For someone to intentionally get her name wrong when you know her and you've seen her everywhere and you know what she's doing and you know what she's going for, there's a lot of misogyny that's connected to it. So her being a Black woman, you not getting her name right, specifically in this moment, in time, it's very, very pointed. But not only that, you're ultimately screaming that you don't respect Black women because you don't want to take the energy or you don't have the tenacity in yourself to want to get her name right. It's it's layered. And it does seem like, you know, why is Dr. John Paul always pulling all of these layers? Well, because racism and oppression, oh, it's, right, it's layered. All of it is <laughs> layered it's and layered. it's all intentional. <laughs> Also makes me think of names that, uh, like, for example, somebody like um, Uzo Aduba or Lupita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. do they f- feel like they need to have this instructional for people on how to say their name? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know people mispronounce it all the time. It's spe- it's said like, ooh, ooh, you know, you have to, like, mm-hmm. come up with some kind of a lesson for people. And you feel like you have to go out of your way to make it easy for people to remember your name because no one will take the the, the time themselves to do that. Even for that, right, that's that labor, you know, when Black people, specifically Black women say, I'm so tired. I think that that's really what that is. It's that labor of feeling like you have to explain something overly to someone when it's not that hard. Like, Allie, James, it's not that hard (laughs) to say, Kamala. Like, it's just not. Like, it's it literally, she she has told you how to say it. It's really not that hard. I don't get it. Well, and the fact that she (laughs) she has to. I mean, there's this larger picture of, like, the, the normalization of white names and the normalization right. of, of these different things. Why, why she had to explain to us, it's like the punctuation with la mm-hmm. afterwards, comma, la. Like the fact yeah. that she has to explain that as a whole speaks to the much, much, much larger issue, which of course, because we never do, we don't have enough time to talk about and bring up right now. Dr. John Paul, thank you again, as always, for our <laughs> uh, weekly wake up call. You can find Dr. John Paul all over the socials at Dr. John Paul, spelled out J-O-N, Dr. John. Paul and at drjohnpaul.com. Dr. John Paul, thank you. Have a lovely week. You too. Thanks, babe. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. You heard that right. Your favorite segment in mine. News It or Lose It. I'm Dr. James. That's Allie Johnson. I have two headlines. I will read them to Allie Johnson, and she will decide whether or not you, Drop the Subject listeners, get 
to hear about it by losing it or we never speak of it again by losing it. Ali will repeat that process for me. Allez, Johnson, are you ready? Oui, oui. Oh, oui, oui. Uh, headline numero uno. 50 Cent endorses Trump because, of course, he did. Oh, no. No, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Hooray. Done. And scene. Fine. Then you will not hear about 50 Cent, thank God. But you will hear about that you can now rent a private AMC theater for just 99 bucks. Ah, yes, I do want to hear about this. If we can get a few people together, I think this is actually something that we should do as a station. All right, we'll we'll hear about that in a moment. Here are your stories, James. 12-year-old finds $69 million-old dinosaur fossil while hiking. Oh, oh, what? 69 million-year-old? I didn't even know there were that many years. How far do the years go back? Yeah, let's do it. That 12-year-old just got himself free college. All right. And then you will not hear about Chester the monkey who is annoying and scaring neighbors in the Hawkins neighborhood. He's <laughs> putting his <laughs> little paws up skirts and things like oh, that. Chester. Um, we, we will not hear Chester, you stop it. You, you keep silly your monkey. paws to yourself. No means no, Chester. Yes, especially even in the monkey world, okay? It's not different rules. You have to respect us. All right, go oh. ahead, James. We'll talk about the theaters. So I love going to the theaters. AMC is a theater chain with which uh, we frequented. And, of course, no one's been going to movies this year because of the COVID-19. Uh, but now AMC is doing everything they can to try to stay in business, which I love. I hope other movie theaters follow suit. According to its website, for starting at just 99 bucks plus tax, all the way up to 350 bucks, depending on the movie, you can privately rent out an entire theater for up to 20 people. Which, if you get the big bad theater, you can put 20 people in there. And if it's well ventilated and you're spaced out and everyone's still wearing their mask, I think this is actually kind of safe and totally smart. And Ali, I'm with your idea of let's maybe do it a Channel Q movie outing because none of us have seen each other in the flesh in no. eight months. In eight months. So I think that the entire staff of Channel Q would be about 20 people. About 20 people. <laughs> we could, we could all Running everyone, this entire station. Right. Sit in their little corners. Everyone wear your N95s except for when you're shoving popcorn down your gullet. But that's what I really want to know. How does this work? Do you still get to order the concessions when you're there? And if you do, are they still ridiculously high priced? Or are they like, hey, you rented out a full theater. So like the first five popcorns are on us, you know? Right. Or if you can get like some kind of food package. And if you if all 20 of you are there and all 20 of you are over the age of 21, can you booze it up? for the movie as well Ooh, yeah i hope so you can booze it up at our favorite movie theater here in in uh los angeles um which is why we go <laughs> yeah okay let's talk about this 12 year old boy that i'm jealous of his name's nathan and he's always wanted to be a paleontologist for as long as he can remember and he was on a hike with his dad and then he discovered uh, he was in Canada in, in the Badlands of Alberta, because that's where Ooh, you go when you're a, a young paleontologist. Prairie provinces, yes. Sure. And he found a fossil. It was a humerus bone from the arm of a juvenile hadrosaur, 
which is a duck-billed dinosaur that lived 69 million years ago. Damn. Um, him and his dad, Dion, found the bone fragments in the area on a previous hike and thought that they might have washed down from farther up the hill. So they basically were chasing this dinosaur. Uh-huh. Uh, and they found him. What do you... Now, and I've said before on the show, I am jealous of hiker discovers X, Y, and Z because I hike my damn ass off and I never find anything except for coyote scat. And so uh, empty suitcases find, or like half yes, suitcases. Yeah, exactly. That was the coolest thing I ever found. And by the way, that's still there. The mystery has still not been solved and Don't. I have not done anything about it. <laughs> but maybe that's on me. I need to follow up. Um, if I were, I, I, I mean, I would probably be trying to figure out where I was on the hike much before I'd be actually looking at the ground to see if there's a dinosaur mm. fossil at my feet. So I guess that's my problem. I also worry about being the person who's like, this is nothing. It's not a fossil and just tossing it. And I'm just exactly. tossing like thousands like, and hundreds of thousands of pond. dollars. <laughs> right. Worth of fossils and gold and diamonds and stuff that that would be my luck. <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, have more drop the subject. No more than two more. None of that either. Well, no more than said. two minutes of commercials. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Did you enjoy that two minute commercial? Yes. Two I'm sure you did. Commercial. Since this pandemic started back in, well, I mean, of course, started in January and beyond. But when we started the lockdown process in March, you started getting a little more comfy cozy with your neighbors, probably. And we talked a while ago about annoying neighbors but a new list this fresh new list james of the most annoying neighbors the top 10 list of the most annoying neighbors has been rehashed and restudied and after eight months let us take another look at some of the most annoying neighbors the traits that they possess and whether we have accumulated or experienced all 10 of these things since the beginning of lockdown Oh, I really like this because I, I believe that there are lots of, of opportunities for people to be super annoyed by the things that their neighbors are doing that they might not have otherwise been annoyed with. But because now you're there all the time and you're seeing it, like number 10 on the list, for instance, and we, we shall go backwards. Having landscaping or other items that obstruct a neighbor's view. I've had landscaping issues, and I know that you have too, because we've been doing this show together for eight months, and I can hear <laughs> all of the landscaping that happens in your backyard and front yard and all of them. Uh-huh. You can probably hear some of it that's going on right now. I This is one of the things that has always weirded me out about LA, is I feel like zoning is like not a thing here. So in Chicago and Omaha and other places where I lived, it's, it's gridded, right? And things are zoned business, zoned residential, and they don't really overlap. Here in LA, they're building like a big ass built business or something right behind our backyard, even though I'm in the middle of a residential neighborhood. I don't know what the heck it is, but I think it's going to obstruct our view and it's going to really piss me off. Okay, so you definitely have number 10. I have it as well. Numbers eight and nine, I do not have. And these are the only ones on the list that I actually enjoy. Uh, hearing loud sex and seeing someone walk around naked. I am sorry to say that all of the people in my complex, though they are annoying in their own way, they are not sexy in the sense that they're not having loud sex or walking around in the buff. Yeah, and that's uh, un- unfortunate, I guess. We, we don't really see many buff either. And if anyone's having the loud sex, it's probably us. 
So maybe we're the annoying oh, neighbors other than cool. the other neighbors annoying us, I guess. I maybe? would rather be known. If I was going to be known as any kind of annoying neighbor, it would be that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, for um, sure. Now, this is something I do have intimate intimate experience with. Leaving notes on a neighbor's door instead of speaking face-to-face. But this could apply to the car, right? I suppose. Because my, my famous electric car parking spot note situation is not the only time that I have had notes left on my car. I have had notes left on my car where I park. Like, where, like in the driveway for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like wait people leave that note on your car regularly that, not regular that's it's happened once before i think i cut someone off oh. and i think they followed me home and i didn't realize it would be my guess and they they left that and various other sundry things on a note um yeah it was not not fun mm, i tried to leave a note for my upstairs neighbor the first time i lived in la and they were a drug dealer and they did not take my note seriously <laughs> <laughs> I think they rolled it up and smoked it. Yeah, um, like you can't have that, right? All right, calling the cops on another neighbor. Yeah, that's douchey Ooh. and uh, has a lot of problems. Number five, leaving your children unsupervised. This ha- I have definitely experienced, and I don't know what to do when children are just running rampant. And also, it seems that the children in my complex like to play this game where they just scream at the top of their lungs starting at 3 p.m. <laughs> so that's a fun game that never seems to get old. Um, parking sp- parking in parking spots that's not theirs. Ooh, that is frustrating. Ooh, uh, number yeah. three, refusing to pick up after their pet. Yep, see that all over the place. Number two, being loud or noisy. And number one is, oh, I had actually a neighbor who did this and it didn't bother me that much. Frequently intruding on the privacy of your own neighbor. Ah, uh, yes, like I had a, a bit of a, a drunk Kramer. Yeah, I had like a, fa- yeah, I had a, female Kramer who lived across the street and she was pretty oh, yeah. awesome. She was a huge <laughs> alcoholic though and she was oh, she, no. yeah, yeah, she was fun, but uh she Did she just it. bust in like without knocking? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she would bust in and she would no knocking, she would sit on the couch and then she would just like buy stuff online sometimes and be like, "Oh my god, you guys need this end table and buy it right now." And we'd be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> You're like, "Okay, thanks." Uh yeah, her name was Kirsha and she drank Coors Light all the time, so we called her Kier's Light. Anyway, um, we will Shout out to you, Kier's Light. Kier's Light! Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Close up shop. Close up shop. Close up shop. Drop the subject, Dr. James, Ali. We really do appreciate you listening. If you missed anything in this show, we have a podcast which you should go download, subscribe to, and turn on your notifications to. When you do that, when you go to radio.com, you will hear the wonderful, lovely um, items like that we have covered. Items like that we have covered. I was going to say items up for bid. <clears throat> items oh. up for bid from this show. Uh, news from the right, a very interesting news from the right. Pat Robertson has finally revealed for the 187th time exactly how the world will end, and it will happen on the initiation of Donald Trump winning re-election. We also talked about during the GMA, um, what are the jobs that you think you could do better just because you're gay or lesbian? It was a very interesting conversation. We kind of had a, a awkward, interesting, uh, random Ask the NP, but it was about Ask the NP getting paged all the damn time, um, which was super fun. Dr. John Paul joined us for our weekly wake-up call about the massage noir, about the 
racism, about the ethno-nationalism in mispronouncing people's names like what Donald Trump is doing with Kamala Harris and much, much more. Download that podcast at radio.com. And of course, follow us on social media. We love it when you do at DTS show. Yes. And before we get out of here, uh, thank you, James. We are going to share with you another thing that is being voted on that is real dumb because all week long <laughs> uh, we are sharing with you other things that you can vote on and if you can vote on this you can vote in the upcoming election if you're not registered or if you need help voting go to vote411.org all of the information that you need is there we encourage you to vote early and often um this petition no, no. just is- vote once okay Oft- often's illegal lather rinse repeat is that what it is <laughs> i mean if it often is like when they vote for us for like best midday radio show in the country, then you vote early and often for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate that for this one. I don't want anyone claiming any sort of election fraud anywhere. So just vote once, please don't get in trouble. And as per usual, don't listen to Allie Johnson. <laughs> yes. I think we all know that. <laughs> all right. Change.org. Here's another petition coming through. People are voting and signing like crazy. This one has over 35,000 signatures and counting. Their next stop will be uh, 50,000 signatures. And I think, what is it, two, two, 200,000 or something gets you a bill on the on the old ballot? Yeah, yeah. I think you only need 100,000 signatures to run for president, I think. Something like that. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) Then making Dr. Pepper the official soft drink of Texas should be a piece of cake. And that is what this vote is for. Dr. Pepper is a a soda that I don't think will ever go away. In fact, there was a shortage of it um, about a month or two ago. I think they finally got some more. But uh, this petition has been created in Waco, Texas, and nothing bad ever happened there. They say Dr. Pepper is the (laughs) oldest major soft drink in the United States, and it should be the official drink of Texas because once a Texan, always a Texan. So if you can vote on this, you can vote in the election. Am I right, Dr. James? I mean, and if you do vote on this, which I'm sure you're going to go to change.org now and vote for, they're going to create a special um, collection of bottles. So now you have like Texas-themed Dr. Pepper bottles because if you didn't need anything else in your life, apparently what you need is Texas-themed Dr. Pepper Bottles. This is what we're saying. The the atrocity of this, the uh, ridiculousness of this, that people spend their time on mean you can take that time later. Right now, spend that time on learning about what to vote on and actually voting. Chris and I actually sat down and went to lunch and we read through all the propositions and we read about all the judges and we read about all the people and we spent on like Oh, you two, read about all the judges? All the judges. Oh, we spent that like is a two, tough one hours yeah and we filled out our little ballots and we dropped them off it was great y'all can do it too. good yes good for you i mean this petition too there are several several paragraphs and the amount of time that it takes you to even read through this and laugh uh that is the time that you could spend learning about one of the judges or reading about one of the propositions or reading about one of the uh, an article that says pro or con against one of those propositions because there's so much information out there it's important that you learn about both sides of these things and then make an educated decision based on what you've learned. All right, we're going to get out of here tomorrow. We have another show. And if you miss anything, download that podcast. We will see you tomorrow. We're talking to Dr. James. It's uh, Dr. James, Dr. Jen. That's me. And Gay. But we're also going to talk to Dr. James because that's how this works. That's how this works. All right. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.